welcome to Offkey, a member and labs podcast about music's professionals for non-music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Hi, and welcome back to Offkey. For today's episode, I am talking to David Ward and Jeanette Wilkinson. David and Jeanette are an amazing musician manager team based in Vancouver, and they were kind enough to hop on a call and chat with me about David's most recent album release, Violet Golden Rose, Jeanette's agency, Redbud Music, and how they both got involved in the music industry. Um, I apologize again because it's a long distance interview for any little technical or sound problems that you might hear. Tried my best to edit those out, but you know, that's life sometimes. <laughs> I hope you enjoy our conversation. I know I did. David and Jeanette were both so lovely to talk to. And yeah, let's get into it. We used to catch fire in the night as they watched that dip. Thank you so much for coming on to Off Key. Um, I really appreciate your time and the hassle of a long distance call. <laughs> no hassle. Thanks for having us. And how I've kind of started each episode um, is kind of asking, like, where did you both grow up, I guess? And like, how did you first get into music? Uh, well, for me, um, it's uh, I, I, I grew up in England and came over to Canada to um, study a, a journalism grad degree. And my biggest interest in that area was always the entertainment side of things and, the you know, the festivals are coming to town anything else that was film music related and so that sort of uh, journey continued and on my own time I was doing a lot of behind the scenes uh, video work for friends on their projects and at the same time interested in music but not sure how to kind of segue more into it and then a, a mutual friend introduced me to uh, David who was doing a concert series at the time in Vancouver and needed some promo video work and we started working more closely together then and that to, for my side has evolved into sort of the more uh, management creative business partnership that we have now. Okay cool um, that's really cool to hear and really interesting because that is I guess like your younger self then would have been exactly who we are kind of interested in this podcast reaching people that are you know interested in music but perhaps studying or working in fields that are kind of indirectly related um yeah so this is right. really cool to kind of hear your perspective on things <laughs> um and what about you david where did you grow up and kind of how did you get started in things yeah um i grew up in vancouver and i guess uh it's always hard to sort of pinpoint where you start in music, but I, I was given a guitar at 13 and, and that's kind of where things took off from. Cool. Did you, um, when you were given that guitar, were you kind of taking lessons formally or were you teaching yourself a bit more or both? A little bit of both, but I was, I took lessons from a guy who was very much into getting me to songwrite right away. So he kind of gave me all those basic open chords in the first three frets of the neck and wanted me to come back with a song. I think even after the first couple of lessons, uh, and that was kind of the gift that he gave me. There wasn't a bunch of technicality to the lessons or anything like that. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, when you were writing like that, was it very 
music driven first or lyrics or at that time Mm -hmm. it was music driven yeah it was music driven i mean and at that time i i was also in love with the bare naked ladies so um and i still love that band but my my songwriting style very much reflected my passion for that band and so it was a lot of i had a lot of sort of tongue-in-cheek kind of songs at that time that uh that i was writing but yeah it, it all stemmed from the music at that time first cool Jeanette, if it's okay with you, I'll probably start with, or we're going to do a lot of really awkward back and forth. I'll probably start with David's questions. Yeah, yeah, of course. Move on to yours, or this is going to get real confusing real quick. Sure. So David, so for anyone unfamiliar with, I guess, you and your music, kind of how would you describe yourself as an artist? And yeah, I guess, what's your sound like, I suppose? Sure. Um, Musically, it's... I think it's always been fairly firmly rooted in soul music. Um, but it sort of takes off on a bunch of different tangents from there. I, you know, I always say that when I go record shopping, I try to keep my buying habits as diverse as possible so that I don't kind of paint my ears into a corner. So yeah, but ultimately it's, it's rooted in soul music. Cool. When did that kind of, I guess, like how has your sound transitioned over the years? Like if you started off with a lot of, I guess that's when you were really young, like 13, but if you started off with kind of a sound inspired by the Bare Naked Ladies, how did that change? Yeah, well, soul music was always sort of big. I mean, with my mom in particular, um, and my mom has always been a dancer and also put myself in dance classes when I was young. So, you know, danceable music was kind of always there. Uh, And then you just go through different routes. And I started working with guys from jazz school and I, you know, I felt things needed to get more complicated. And I was listening to more complicated music too, um, quarterly and compositionally. And, um, and then, you know, Radiohead starts to influence you. And so you, you, you get all these different ideas and I was just soaking up everything, you know, and I, I kind of came to the wider library of music later. My, my tastes were quite narrow for a long time. And so then I was just a sponge and I think it just keep, it kept kind of evolving um, and, and is still evolving. Cool. I actually wanted to ask you about if you had a, a sorry, a dance background. Um, Cause I was watching your music video. Right. For- Remind me of the name of the song. Uh, Looking Glass. Looking Glass, yes. Um, I was watching the music video for Looking Glass, and I was like, first of all, this was before I had Googled and seen what who you were, like your face. Um, it was just going off your name. So I was like, okay, like I wonder who these dancers are. And then I was really surprised to see that it was actually you, because I know that usually that's the case for a lot of artists. If they are doing choreography and stuff in their videos, they don't, they're not even in there. So it was really cool to see um, that first of all, you're a very talented dancer, um, but how was it kind of working on that video and being able to, you know, like use both of your, I guess, two of your interests, like two different media of artistic expression? Yeah, it was great. It was a big kick in the butt. Um, I was working with a choreographer who's a little bit more steeped in contemporary, but she's also an incredible hip hop dancer. So my body has... I never took contemporary growing up. So my, my body wasn't quite suited that way. So it was a lot of work to try and find the gestures and postures that are associated with that. It's just your muscles are moving differently. 
Um, but she was really great and patient with me. And then it was cool. I mean, I've, I've been wanting to explore dance for a long time. And I think I had this silly notion that uh, dancing would somehow detract from the seriousness of music. And I, I, I think I subconsciously held on to that for a while. And I'm just letting that go now. And um, because ultimately dancing just makes me feel really good. And, uh, and so I'm just trying to find more and more ways to incorporate it, that at the moment. Cool. Um, you said that you weren't, you didn't have like a contemporary background. What kind of dance were you doing? I started in tap and then, uh, and then I, and then I did hip hop for the rest of, um, for the rest of it. Cool. Yeah. Dance is just so fun. I really miss it. I danced like my whole life up until I finished high school and then stopped because of an injury. Um, but yeah, I do. I do really miss it. It's just so fun. And I find recently in the last year, I've been like really, really craving. Um, I like should probably just like go take like an adult jazz class or something. But I've just been really craving that kind of movement and using my brain and body in that way. Totally. It's just a different vocabulary and language. Yeah, it's so so good um and I found myself like when I'm doing like physical activity and stuff like trying to get that same sort of like mind body connection but you just really can't get it in Mm. something else or like doing choreography or things like that yeah so fun yeah and did you grow up doing all all kinds of styles then um I did mostly jazz and contemporary and then I did like a little bit of ballet um just for technique but not seriously by any means um and it was very much just a hobby like I wasn't a super serious dancer or anything it was never something I was going to pursue um but I do yeah I miss it a lot it's a very serious school dance troupe dancer (laughs) oh right right um and this past year, I guess 2018, um, you released your third full-length album, Violet, Gold, and Rose. Could you tell me a little bit more, um, I guess, about it and kind of what inspired it? Sure. Um, the first song was seeded uh, by a collaboration that took part. We were um, asked to play this festival put on by Sirius, who are the producers of the London, London Jazz Festival, London England Jazz Festival. And it was like sort of the premise of it was unlikely collaborations loosely. And so I collaborated with this wonderfully talented uh, composer named Phil Meadows in the UK and wrote this song for that night to, to, to premiere it at, and he wrote the orchestration. So that's where it started from. And, uh, and then I kind of just kept on those themes and paths. And ultimately it's sort of about, the intersection between ideas of love and worship. Okay, cool. Who are, so did you continue, I guess, to do collaborations throughout the album then? Yeah. I mean, um, I've kind of, I have my band uh, that's, that's been pretty steady uh, over the years. And, um, but we, we did have a full orchestra on it and like a nine piece string section, three horns, a harpist and a, 12 piece choir i think and so those a lot of those people i'd never even met before you know the, the few people i did know in those worlds were kind of helping me piece piece those sections together so there was there was certainly a lot of new collaboration but the guys who did the bulk of the orchestration or did all the orchestration uh i'd worked with on my previous record um called transitioning okay cool Um, songwriting is something that I've talked to a lot about with, um, some of the previous artists that have come on in terms of their process and things like that. And when you're putting together music, like what, 
is the songwriting process when it comes to collaboration versus working on something that is just kind of yourself, I guess? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I kind of write all the songs and then sometimes when I bring them to the band, they, they'll shift a bit or maybe a part will get changed or dropped or added. But ultimately, I will come with you know, the majority, if not all of the idea already in place. I mean, I, I won't, generally speaking, I'm not, I won't write bass or drum parts um, for getting specific. And th- those guys will add their flair to it. And, um, and then the orchestrations, I had written those as well, but I, I hadn't written for strings. So they would arrange them for the orchestra, essentially. I'd just written the pieces on guitar. And, uh, yeah. Cool. (laughs) When you were releasing the album, I read that you had made the decision to kind of release, you know, the singles, like, one every month. Could you, like, walk me through a little bit about, like, why that you did that? Sure. Um, Yeah, we actually only released five singles over five months, um, uh, which itself was still a lot. I mean... But the idea was is that I think, you know, in the, in the market today, things have a tendency to disappear so quickly. And we just wanted um, an opportunity to have those songs gestate in the minds of people and give, give the album a little bit more of a chance, sort of have a, a net of people in which it could fall into um, rather than drop this album nobody hears about it and then it just kind of disappears because there's just a tremendous amount of work that goes into an album project and I you want to give it the respect it deserves and in in trying to find some some years your previous album before this one was that released kind of before the big boom in music streaming and if that was the case kind of how different was the process of releasing the two albums kind of because of that and how much did that factor in because I guess yeah there is so much more out there that is easily accessible now that yeah trying to be seen I guess amount amongst like the sheer volume must be pretty intense yeah I don't I'm not sure if it was released before the big streaming boom or not I think 2014 when when was the boom I guess yeah I think part of it too is just the way that the, the landscape has changed and that so much of the marketing has fallen to social media. So we had just sort of created this elaborate social media campaign to try and, yeah, give as much length to these songs as, as possible. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know if um, if the streaming had if it was all because of that or not, I I think it just, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, just to build on that social media uh, promotional aspect, we we developed a quite an elaborate Instagram campaign to support um, each single. Um, And so, yeah, I wanted to give them kind of a good chunk of airtime to um, a, a bunch of the tracks. So yeah, doing it over that, that, that period just just helped that by the time the album came out, I think. Mm-hmm. There has been so much change in the landscape recently. It's like quite hard to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah, with both social media, yeah, and the way that music is consumed too. Um, it must definitely be really interesting, yeah, as an artist and as a manager kind of navigating all of that. Yeah. 
Interesting is one way to put it. <laughs> I think for me, if I can find a creative way to tackle any of these things, then it remains interesting for me. And if I can't, it, it, you know, it can get sort of, I don't know, it can, the landscape can get a little dark a little quick. Mm -hmm. I also feel like it must be quite difficult to kind of decide where you want kind of, yeah, everything to live. Um, Cause there's so many different types of social media and so many different ways you can promote and, do things like that that I feel like it must be quite hard yeah you know there are a thousand and one rabbit holes that you can travel down as an entrepreneur in music I mean um and you just have to decide where you want to put your time and there are all sorts of different different pieces of advice you'll get from from others and it's it's difficult to sort through that and and just know what's best for you and what's going to keep you healthy and optimistic and excited about it but also accepting that there are things that you don't want to do that you have to do um so it's just kind of trying to balance those two worlds i guess like in you know in in any small business yeah totally it's definitely a little overwhelming i'm sure <laughs> tis life um i when i was doing the rabbit hole creep of preparing for this interview <laughs> Um, and getting real into Google. Um, I had read that you'd lived both in London and Berlin, kind of what um, I guess brought you over there and what brought you back to Vancouver ultimately. Yeah, I think it's always good to, to shake things up and and expand your community. And, and London to me seemed like a place where a lot of people that I had looked up to had done well. And it, it sort of seemed like an, an exciting opportunity. So hit the ground running there with a lot of just a lot of shows we, that was kind of the, the goal of that place and uh, Germany was a little bit different because we had met Dino from Membran and uh, and then we were on the the eve of uh, a distribution deal so going over to Berlin was a, a little bit different in that way um, yeah yeah yeah, just, you know, uh, yeah, just like David's saying, currently always kind of expand, trying to expand your, your market and your community and, yeah, just following the, the train of your connections and, and where other people, similar artists that you like have also explored, um, toured. Um, yeah, just to... Uh, you have to keep reaching out. It's like it's about constantly reaching out, I think. Totally. I feel like that's, yeah, with every industry. It's just, I mean, it's the worst word. Or, what am I saying? The worst word. But I guess, yeah, networking and expanding your network kind of all over, no matter what field you work in, is always pretty integral. Yeah. And I don't think networking has to be a dirty word. I mean, ultimately, it's it's about meeting people and making friends you know and and ultimately i just i want to expand in a community that that has like a feeling of family to it and so any anytime i've met somebody that i feel that in i just latch onto them for better or for worse but i just want to keep those people in my community when they give off that kind of energy and and there's a sense of uh yeah goodwill and trust and open openness and honesty and 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 kind of thrilling creativity 
Yeah, totally. I think that chemistry is very, very important, like in like friendships, like family. Yeah, you're right. Like, and working relationships as well that you can, you know, have that good creative rapport with um, mm-hmm. that person. Yeah, when you do find that it is quite rare. So mm-hmm. um, I guess kind of generally, like how do you have any advice for anyone that's kind of an aspiring musician in BC that's kind of looking to I guess follow your footsteps is the wrong words, but like looking to yeah have a career as a musician or in the music industry. Yeah. Um, I, I think ultimately for, I can, I guess I can only speak for myself. Everybody's different, but I think it's, it's for me, it's been important to define your own idea of success because uh, it's no secret that any career in the arts is going to be difficult. And I think you can equate success with the wrong things. Um, one of which can be money, <laughs> I guess, you know, and all, and I, and that's very easy to do. We're living in a capitalist society and you're trying to make a living doing this. And obviously that's an obvious, uh, seems like an obvious sign of success, but often money just does not come in this this line of work and if you're i don't know if you're basing all of your ideas of success around things like that or ideas of fame and grandeur um you can get you can get sad pretty quick so i i think defining your own idea of success is uh is important what kind of have you or sorry i guess what kind of have you define that as kind of for yourself you know ultimately i'm always working on that i think and i think it is something that continues to evolve and change but for me what's most important is that i remain creative all the time and uh, because it it keeps me healthy and alive and it's so important to my life and and the balance of my life so you know at at the core i guess keeping creative is is my idea of success Mm -hmm. Um, what are some of the ways that you kind of try to challenge, I guess, your creativity and like push your boundaries a little bit more with that? So many different ways. And I think there, and those ways just grow continually. If you keep curious, if you're reading, if you're watching, listening. Um, so, and, and I, the creativity doesn't always, you know, there are things that you can do outside of music that will influence your creativity in music. Um, or give you more energy to bring back to music. So I, I don't know. I mean, I could sort of list off a bunch of different ones. I mean, right now, something that's simple is I'm, I've kind of gone back to the piano, and I'm, I'm not a piano player, but it certainly helped, you know, write songs from a, a very different perspective and angle. Cool. Well, I guess I will segue over to you, Jeanette, if that works for now and I guess talking a little bit more about what it is that you do within the industry um, and kind of for anyone that doesn't know what is Redbud Artist Management? Well Redbud Artist Management is kind of a it was born of a a need to sort of legitimize or or make sense of the relationship that um, David and I have for the rest of the world because 
manager artist is a you know traditionally understood uh, or somewhat widely I think fairly widely understood role and relationship um but you know in in, in truth it it's uh it's kind of a figurehead name for our our creative relationship which is much less sort of traditional um and very much like a team a team thing and we're very much 50 50 in it all and it, i mean the name simply i i started off as i said more like more on the film side and video side so redbud films was was where i um started putting out my video projects and things like that and that's how david and i first started working together um so yeah so now i've kind of got both the, the film and the music side with a with a sort of figurehead company behind. Cool. Um, so with Redbud Films, did you guys meet because you were working on like a music video or something like that? Yeah, well, um, yeah, so just a few years ago, yeah, David was putting on a, a showcase series here in Vancouver that uh, was sort of shining the spotlight on local artists and musicians, and he's always been very community-driven. So um, there were a number of folks that came out to each of those shows and we started doing behind the scenes interviews with these artists and digging into uh questions about music you know how do you how do you do it yourself as a musician today how do you what do you think of the Vancouver music scene and so we started discussing all of this quite deeply and and then yeah that evolved into working together more on the business side, as well as maintaining that video film connection as well. Cool. And for those that don't kind of know, like the words, yeah, like artist and manager, like the pairing gets thrown around quite a lot, but what kind of is the role of a manager in the industry? Um, Cause I think. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I totally know either. And it totally depends on who you are. For example, you know, Katy Perry's manager will be very different to, I don't know, um, anyone else, anyone else's manager, including me, um, because uh, there are different types of manager too. Um, you know, you've got the big picture strategic career growth and career planning manager that's making those connections and really pushing forward an overall career. And then you've got the day-to-day -day manager that's sort of, out there buying the coffee before a show and making sure the artist has, you know, everything they need and, and then everything in between. And if you're sort of a beginning manager, you're going to be doing all of that. You're going to be doing, yeah, the big picture stuff and the, and the coffee and all of the, you know, sort of words of support in between. There's a lot of that, you know, as well. So you have to really love the artist and the um, music they're making, what they're trying to do, and really believe in it because it, yeah, it's not a nine to five job in any in any in any way. What does kind of, I guess I'm sure this is not even a thing, but like, what does a typical day look like? I guess like, what are some of the activities that you do um, in yeah, managing? Well I mean, it can depend on what is going on at the time. It does, it does vary a lot. So, for example, when there's a, an album in production, you might be 
helping out you'll be at the studio a lot and or I will be and um yeah just making sure everything's going on time according to plan um making sure everyone's fed um things like that but then at other times you might be you know putting out show posts on social media um doing some marketing you might be at the merch table often are uh, at a show um so it can it can totally depend on the month or yeah the the album cycle where you're at in that when you were releasing um violet gold and rose then like was it you that was kind of in charge i guess of like spearheading how that release would go and the um like you were saying you had a really big instagram and social media campaign planned for it it was a constant back and forth of of um ideas between david and i we were you know always exploring should we do it this way what about that way we're always questioning um the best way to do something and and then you just have to kind of test things out um throw things out there you know and see what kind of response you get and if it's good then you do more of, a bit more of the same and you have to be yeah shifting and changing as you go you can't put like a 12 month fixed plan in place and expect to stick to it you're going to have it as a guideline and then you're going to keep evolving all the time. And we're talking all the time. Yeah. We're, we're very kind of very collaborative and yeah. I mean, the, ultimately you have a vision for what you want to achieve for each album and then an overall, but you how you do it um, is, is always open for discussion. Mm -hmm, totally. When I was, um, first starting here at Membran, like I went through a Coursera course on just kind of like music industry essentials type things. Mm. And just, I had found like before, I guess, starting this job, just all of the terms of the people that work, I guess, with an artist had just kind of conflated into one thing, if that makes sense. Like whether that's like the manager, like the record label, like producer, yada, yada. Um, right. So it's been really interesting um, for me and hopefully for listeners as well, kind of learning a little bit about, first of all, that these right. are not the same people necessarily. Um, but yeah, yeah, just how different the roles are and can be. Well, yeah, I mean, but you can, you can be all of that. It can be yeah. that one big conflated thing of, you know, you're publishing, you're organizing the, you know, the publishing of something, you're, um, yeah, handling all those roles, which traditionally would be separated out, as you, like you say, in, in a label, um, in a label situation. But yeah, it's good to know them all and get familiar with them all. And so that when you, as you grow and you get to that point where you can bring more people into your team, you know what that person should be doing and um, what to expect of them and, um, and how it all works. So, Do you think that for someone that was interesting, interested sorry, in pursuing a career, I guess, in music management, like you said that you're not yourself from a traditional kind of music education no. background, do you think that it's better or like do you think it's even necessary or do you think it's kind of better to just kind of get out there and get as much kind of on the ground as experience as possible rather than maybe going a like traditional like education based approach well I mean 
Ed- education is always a great thing. Yeah. And, and having, I think y- you have to, you have to have an interest in both sides of things. You have to love the creative side, but you also have to have, um, uh, somewhat of an interest and a handle on, on business, um, in general. And, and, you know, that's what my undergrad was. And it's not until like years later till I, that I actually realized that the, the real benefit of that, um, because, you know, without having that passion, you're, you're not going to be able to come up with the really great, um, ideas on the business side as well. I don't think to know how to really push that forward. And it's the love of the music that will keep you going when the business stuff is really hard and, and challenging. So I don't know that, you know, I, I would recommend or, or, you know, say there's any one particular path to follow. I think just talk to lots of people that, or, or try and talk to people that already have some experience or try it out different ways and see if you think that's the way that you want to do it. And then also just, it's all just about finding out how you like to do things as you go. Yeah, totally. I've asked this question a few times now and it's always the same again, like no matter what industry, it's just like, I don't know, you just figure out kind of what works for you. Exactly. Yeah. You really don't know until you just sort of jump in and start doing a few things. Um, Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, which is which is hard because also just the way I guess the career landscape is now for young people, like there is so much, I guess, emphasis or pressure put on just getting, you know, a BA in like anything. Right. Just for the sake of like getting through that first, I guess, like round of resume screenings almost, which is kind of frustrating. But then one, you also have the other side completely where I'm interviewing a guy that goes to my school in a week or two that's in his second year and he manages um I believe a friend of his and they're yeah super duper young and they're just going about things that way which is really cool as Mm. well yeah I mean that's that's often where it starts right you just you're at a show or you go and see um a band or you a friend's band whatever and um it just talk to them about you know hey what about we kind of try and work together on this and uh, see what we can do? And and then, yeah, it starts from there. How long have the two of you been working together? Um, well, we, with the video and film side, it started about um, eight years ago. And then the business side, l- less than that. So probably like four, four years, I would say. Cool. Um, David, how have you found kind of, I guess, like your career um, and your music been able to develop, like taking on, um, I guess, yeah, like more of like a team? Um, It's so much better. (laughs) I mean, ultimately, I mean, because it's hard. So if you if you have somebody to bounce ideas off of or you know, pick you up when you're down and, and vice versa. It just makes life so much easier. And it, it has sort of sparked creativity and interest in the, um, in sort of, in sort of the business side of things. I think you, you can kind of lose perspective really quickly when you're on your own or, or maybe travel too far down, like we were saying before the, the wrong rabbit holes. Um, 
and uh, so it's it's for me it's it's been yeah amazing yeah that's awesome I think definitely having someone to bounce ideas off of I know just from my own experience of working like on my own a lot is yeah (laughs) makes a pretty big difference and then I guess also so that you could focus more on the music side rather than trying to figure out like your administration things as well yeah yeah it certainly helps and uh yeah and there are some things that I just really don't want to do sometimes and (laughs) and Jenny will gracefully pick those up from time to time (laughs) (laughs) I hope you at least kind of like doing them Jeanette yeah yeah I mean there's uh, yeah like I say you know I did some of that in in, uh started exploring business and and stuff in my undergrad and um I do like the organization side of things um I don't I I I do like balance though I never like to be too mired in accounting stuff or um because then you kind of yeah like you can lose perspective of, of why you're doing it you know um so And it depends on who you are, but I I definitely need that that balance. I think it must be quite difficult, I imagine, to like, if you get too deep into, yeah, a number spiral, um, I suppose you probably have to take a step back and kind of decide how you look at things. And I guess this would be kind of a management approach as well, but of looking at it too much like a business. Is that ever like a concern, I guess? Right. I mean, I, I like to kind of have uh, structures in place for all of this stuff, like the numbers side of things, um, regardless of what the numbers are, um, because there's, there's always, um, there's always room for improvement. And I feel like knowing your way around how, how to handle numbers is good um and then trying to increase them is something else if that makes sense um it's like uh rather than run around and 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 try and try and say make money in a number of different areas of the business if you've at least got sort of some kind of structure around what you're trying to do then you can say okay this is how we need to maneuver this or work this work this angle to to increase those numbers yeah I guess it is hard um or I guess it kind of comes down to in a lot of ways like we were talking about before with you decide how you want to measure your success yeah and what you want to measure yeah Yeah. exactly which is unfortunate that so often it comes down like I guess because money is just the easiest way like very very surface level to look at it because there literally is something that you can measure in terms of numbers but yeah it's not the most important well it's I mean and it, it that won't come that that won't come at all until you've got um a decent audience engagement and so it's all about and that all starts with the music so it's all about starts with the music and then it and then it's engaging with people uh, at shows, you know, um, by putting the music out there and building it that way. Like the, the, the money is kind of almost the last piece of all of that. Yeah. Do you have any advice kind of for artists or managers when it comes, or like, I guess artists for when it comes to working with managers, or maybe if an artist feels like they're at a point where they're interested in working with a manager, kind of the steps that they could take to do that? 
Um, I'm really, I'm not sure. I mean, like I can only speak to my own perspective here again of, because uh, I sort of, I fell into it by, uh, yeah, just love of music and going out to shows and, and, and meeting but like these mutual connections that fell into place at the right time. In terms of the actual relationship, I just say that, you know, everyone has to sort of step up because you're all in it together. You're a team and a manager is not your parent. Um, it's, it's much more creative than that. I think be clear about what you're looking for and know what your expectations are and what you want out of the relationship. And that will help you find the right fit. But, um, you you have a, a big responsibility in the relationship and it's about respecting each other's role and uh, what you each bring bring to it. Cool, thank you. But I guess the next questions for both of you, I guess that I would ask is what do you have kind of coming up um, in the future and this year in terms of, you know, projects, music, shows, kind of wherever, whatever. Yeah, um, the... We're just finishing up any editing a new music video, which is a, a medley of two songs from the record. So we're getting close to putting that out there. And that was a, a massive project that we're really excited about. We got to work with a bunch of amazing people on it. Um, the choreographer for Looking Glass did this one as well, but co-choreographed it with another, with another great dancer. Um, so that's really cool. And then we are working on a new music series um, at uh, Gilton Company in Vancouver. And the goal is to try and bring together international and local acts for kind of a showcase series that's um, soulful, collaborative, and that ultimately makes the room dance. <laughs> that's that's kind of the goal of the, the series. So we're just sort of beginning work on that and, and uh, piecing that together. Oh, that's awesome. Are you doing more dancing in the new music video? Oh, yeah. This was, a lot more. This one was very difficult. And I was dancing with two young gun hotshots. So it was, uh, it was definitely a huge challenge. And, and, they, and I respect those other dancers so much. I just basically didn't want to look like the odd man out in that video. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it's all dance-based. Oh, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Good. Um, and then I guess the last thing is just kind of where can our listeners find you both? Yeah, I mean, everything for me is under David Ward Music. So Instagram and Facebook is mostly where we are. And the website is just davidwardmusic.com. Mm-hmm. And that's the primary, that's where I push everyone to. I mean, for me, uh at redbud music on instagram and and same on facebook but uh yeah i mean david's the one that we're pushing forward so that's that's the primary uh focus i think so cool that's awesome well thank you so much yeah thank you thanks for the opportunity yeah thanks for having us Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and thanks again to David and Jeanette for coming onto the podcast. I've also linked to the show notes for this episode in the description, so please check those out for links and information on some of the music and topics that we discussed in the episode, as well as some of David's upcoming show dates. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review so that we can keep bringing you new episodes each week. If you have any topics that you would like me to bring up with one of our next guests, or you have a guest in mind that you really want me to talk to, please reach out either at offkey at membrand.net or send me a message at either Membrane Labs or Linsa Arnold on Instagram. Offkey and Fault Tolerant, our sibling podcast on tech and blockchain, are both produced by Membrane Entertainment Canada, aka Membrane Labs, a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We are also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music's rights owners to get paid. If you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membrane Labs, you can find out more information on our website, which is www.membranelabs.com. That's it for now. I will see you next Monday and play you out with Looking Glass by David Ward. When you're done, definitely do check out the music video for this song, though. It's, it's really great. Find a you and me of different kind of dress up.